With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Monday's Test Scottish Football Podcast, a podcast so good it inspired a TV show that gave us a national platform to talk about Lyndon Dykes. I'm going to still listen and welcome to the show. I'm joined today in Glasgow's leafy, leafy West End by Craig Anderson. Say hello, hello Craig. Hello, it's more of a rainy West End tonight. <laughs> it's always leafy. And today I'm also joined by Joe Hendry, who has hot-footed it from Clyde Bank to join us today. Hello, Joe. Hello. Uh, before we get started on our general Monday show, uh, what we thought we would do is have a quick run through hotties or notties. Um, to talk about things that we think are hot or things that are not, which are broadly football based but also kind of not. So, yeah, it was fine. Uh, Craig, do you want to start us off? With I'll one? start with a naughty, which is uh, penalties. Penalties um, are penalties. I don't know if my team missed four of them in the last week. Um, <laughs> I would like them to be outlawed from the game. That is both penalties during the match and penalty shootouts. Get rid of them completely. If someone's filled in the box, it's fine, which is the approach that um, was taken in the Hib Celtic game anyway. So I think someone's <laughs> already adapted adapted to those new laws, so get rid of them. Just get rid of the penalties. Do you have a solution for just just in case you just get rid of them all together? Give, give, just give a free kick, whatever it is. Just give a free kick from the spot of the yeah, foul? Yeah. That's really entertaining. Yeah, um, because, and especially if it's one yard out. Um, <laughs> no, I haven't seen, as I say... Are you talking about direct free So getting a, a, a direct, direct, free, direct kick free kick from the literally line. a yard out. Yeah, um, because, as I say, having seen four separate Kelly players missing penalties in the last week, I am... Um, Slowly turning <laughs> against the concept, having having previously thoroughly enjoyed Eamon Brophy kind of bashing penalty, essentially penaltying our way into Europe, um, that didn't go well either. So another reason to to just kill them. Kill See, them. I'm the opposite. I would like to get rid of extra time and just go straight to penalties. Mm. No, but I mean, 
Aye, because you, you get to go home earlier. You <laughs> yeah. you're, you're, not, you're not returning to your house at nearly midnight having watched your team eliminated from the cup. I have always had the feeling that extra time, I, I've said this a few times, but I'll, I'll go for it again. I've always felt that extra time should be replaced by drawing 11 punters out of the crowd from each side um, because it adds an awful lot more drama to the occasion because you could get anything. You could have anyone at all coming out of the crowd. You could end up with like a really like genuinely brilliant junior player who's just there for the day because that's his, that's his big team. Or you could end up with someone that an absolute casualty. Someone that's been <laughs> had it with 40 cans before the game and then has to try and find out how to play football in the next sort of 15 minutes because broadly, if you've given professionals 22 up, 22 up to, what, 20? Like, plus an additional six. 28 professionals, the opportunity got there. Um, <laughs> 28 professionals, the opportunity to play football for 90 minutes and they've done it. Fuck them. Just chuck it. Just move on to making it more entertaining and give it a bit more drama to it. Um, I will give us a hottie, um, which is uh, basically texting your ex just when you realise she's about to move on, which is Kieran Tierney having boys on the back of his boots <laughs> for his Arsenal debut. So just at that moment, but everyone's everyone's okay. No one's thought about it for a little while. You've seen them. You've seen them on social media being like, do you know, that's quite nice. I'm actually quite happy for them. It's, it's a nice thing. They've moved on and everyone's happy and everyone's happy with their life and everything's good. And then having their name printed across the back of your boots for that for that debut and then it being on Lad Bible, Sport Bible, Ladbroke, like every single betting site in the world be like, Kieran Tierney loves the Celtic. But how does that make you feel though? Does that make you feel like you want them back or does that make you feel like, oh my God, that's the saddest thing I've seen? It's just hot in the streets. <laughs> More than anything else, it's just hot. It's a hot, I think it's it's a proper, to me, I think it's it, that and the, what was it, uh, Brendan Rodgers today talking about how he thinks Leicester's a special thing as well. Like, these are, t- these are tough times for Celtic guys. I wonder if uh, Greg Taylor's going to, when he eventually makes his debut, have uh, Kelly written in the back of his uh, <laughs> I would like to see if the reaction to Greg Taylor having Kelly, uh, Kelly boy, over the back of his his boots would be the same to Kelly. Celtic Tierney. fans would both uh, that. I think I think that's probably a, a likely thing, a, a very likely thing to go. But yeah, I, I feel that that's that's the equivalent of that. And it's for me, I really enjoyed it. So yeah, it's a hottie for me. <laughs> I've got a, I've got a hottie, but it's literally a hottie, like. I got this pie at Tynecastle last week and I swear to God, it was the hottest thing. It must have been made by like a flamethrower. Like it literally took the roof off my mouth. And it just ruined your whole food for the next was few before, days. Was that when you arrived? No, was it was at time? half time. Right, okay. So, yeah, that was really, really hot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So, and a naughty for me was... Did anybody see Scott Allen being patched by Stephen Whitaker post-match when he went for a high five? No, no I'd oh, like to. I'm definitely going to find it, it though. <laughs> on, on, on your pie though, uh, like the, I know what you mean, like even if you get like a wee tiny burn on your tongue, I've been, I've been going out for, I was out for a nice meal last night and I was like, oh, what, what day was it? Friday, I was having some soup at lunchtime and I thought, oh, this is a wee bit hot and I'm like, oh shit. I'm now not going to enjoy my dinner on Sunday. Now, uh-huh. fortunately, I escaped it, but it's a real problem. It just ruins your whole culinary Everything experience for the next few days. Weeks. Like, And it's just such an unpleasant thing. So I didn't enjoy that. I wasn't thankful for that. I wasn't thankful for the extra time. I wasn't thankful for the penalties. <laughs> and I went home with a sore mouth. Well, at least it wasn't uh, nil-nil and then penalties. Is True, that, there was two, some goals. 270 minutes of nil-nil that uh, I've my naughty uh, is uh, gruesome injuries, uh, which are very much not hot. As we had 
last week we had a, a wonderful shot of just blood just falling out of Joe Rebo's head. Mm. Didn't need that in my life. Really didn't mm-hmm. need that shot of just dripping. No, no, absolutely minging. And similarly, did not need uh, Lewis Vaughn's knee exploding uh, for Wraith Rovers mm. against Forfell, including the Wraith highlights either. Yeah. The Hearts highlights was just a case of, there's no mention of Craig Halkett. Nobody needs to see that. But Lewis Vaughn, the way he went, again, just wincing, just like, I don't include things falling off or things breaking or things dripping out or things cut. Just don't include it in your highlights because I just don't, nobody needs to see it. It's not helping anybody. If you tell me Lewis Vaughn's knees fucked, fine. I understand what that means. I don't need to fuck it. I don't need to see it, man. I'm absolutely wincing. Did you, talking of gruesome, did any of you see the the football fan who apparently had a firework? Oh, no, no, You, no, you know no. where I'm going with yeah, this? I know exactly I couldn't even believe that was real. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it was, uh, that Gary, was gruesome. Gary dropped that in our group chat, so thanks very much for that, Gary. That was one of those <laughs> things that very much, again, immediately was just like, I don't need to see that. Really and then you can't unsee it. it. You've seen it. It's in your head. I, I did, cannot. I, I cannot emphasise enough yeah. to the listeners to not go and find this. Yeah. Um, but just going to make everybody. Do, go oh, and find oh, it. I, I, I didn't. I thought, and I was like, someone had tweeted. I seen it on Twitter. Like the description. And I'm like, I'm not clicking this. And then Gary shared it, and I'm like, I'm not clicking this. I'll just move on. <laughs> yeah, I, I cannot emphasise enough how much you don't want to click on no, it at horrendous. all. It's just absolutely unnecessary. Um, my hottie is referees you've never heard of just suddenly turning up who's Alan Newlands and why was the referee in the killer game on Saturday <laughs> who's Colin Duncan and someone Stephen they've all just appeared this season is there, is there a possibility that referees are using fake names it could be because he was ballsy and for five minutes I thought it was Bobby Madden someone tweeted me from a Ross County fan tweeted me at the end of the game someone that follows me and said oh blah 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 chat about the game well by the way Madden's still useless and I was like, that wasn't Bobby Madden, but he was Baldy. You could have, you could have been forgiven for, for thinking it was. So he could be just yeah, like uh, under an assumed name. Good to see John Rowe back was in the game. Joey, Joey, Joey Shabada do or whatever. Yeah, Joey, Joey Yes. Um, but yes, um, they've just appeared out of nowhere, and now they seem to be on sports scene every week. Super, absolutely right. So yeah, we've got fake referees potentially, or just real ones, which are just exactly the same anyway. Anyway, the show must go on. We'll get back to talking about football for a bit. Um, so, we'll start off at Ibrox as Rangers pummeled Aberdeen 5-0. We go from ta- two from Tavernier, one from Greg Stewart, reminding everyone that he's still alive, Alfredo Morelos and Jermaine Defoe. Jermaine Defoe. Um, so, is this Rangers bit part players coming to the fore, well, perhaps? Yeah, as you mentioned, Greg Stewart there, it's good of him to finally make his comeback to Scottish football, having <laughs> having last played in December. Um, and yeah, he, he looked like he was the Greg Stewart that I saw at this time last season. Um, not just the goal, but just these little touches. I can't remember what it was. It, um, Logan, he turned inside out on the touchline. Just things that he was doing every single week yeah. last season and then immediately stopped doing for Aberdeen. And so as much as I never <laughs> like to see Rangers doing well, I, I was very amused to see him scoring against them. It was that kind of, I don't like Greg Stewart. I don't like Rangers. <laughs> I enjoy a bit of Schadenfreude about Aberdeen. So I was trying to piece all of those things together. And my outcome was that I enjoyed Greg Stewart scoring against Rangers, um, which I wasn't sure I would have. But I, it's all against Aberdeen. Good. And I think that's got to be one of the most pleasing things as well is there was five goals and four different goal scorers. Is, yep. You know, that's huge in terms of the team that they're trying to build and not just 
you know, banking umbrellas every week. And do you know what? That leads me on very helpfully to exactly what I've been looking at, which was in, in terms of bit part players. And it feels odd to refer to Jermaine Defoe as a bit part player, but that's kind of mm-hmm. what he is at Ibrox. He's there so that, as you say, last year there was a number of times throughout the season when Morales got himself suspended and Rangers didn't, well, they had Defoe, they didn't really seem to know what to do with him and what to do with Davis. Every time I see Davis now, I'm struck by how much of the game he's controlling in a way that none it allows all the other Rangers midfielders to do what they're very good at. It allows Ryan Jack to be do what he's very good at. It allows Greg Stewart to just drop into the side and do the things that he's good at because Davis is so good in the middle of that park. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of bit part players, you've got Defoe who's scoring, Ojo scoring, Stewart scoring, and Brandon Barker scoring. Jermaine, uh, Jordan Jones has got some assists in Europe, even though he's Fallen apart and not been seen since he's tried oh to, <laughs> <since he's laughs> to kick Celtic's fullbacks leg off. Barisic has really grown at the game as well, so he's no longer a bit. He's he's sort of first choice now, very much so. And then you look at Kamara, who's part of that midfield rotation as well, scoring in midweek. Um, Halander looking a bit shaky in midweek, but at the same time still contributing uh, in a way that last year the players that Rangers were bringing in just weren't they just didn't have the depth there and not only having that but they've still got eventually Kent's Lego apparently or presumably who backs him to play again but the, he would be first choice you're looking at Ojo who's still making things happen in the team as well so as you say it feels much more of a, a wider squad now It's like going back to last season when you were still having to constantly chuck Halliday in or two years ago when Jason Holt, I think, was kicking about, and you had yeah, still Halliday, David Bates, and you're like, these guys are not going to win your league title. The squad they have now is edging closer. There's been incremental improvement every week. Yeah, the, the default one, I think the, the finish itself is, um, there's not been enough said about that. It yeah. was a really lovely goal. The way it, was it, just, a, it was a beautiful through, through ball from the Aberdeen player. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I couldn't work out if it was or it wasn't. But yeah, just the way there are very few players in the league who could score a goal like that. Um, maybe got into it with Celtic, but I think that maybe what they're missing is just a, a poacher. But um, the yeah, just that lovely flick as Lewis came flying out. Um, so yeah, they, they just do look... Um, Improved and it and it's, it isn't always about improving your first eleven. Even just having it, improving your first eleven maybe helps you win five 0 against yeah. Aberdeen. But what they've really done with the depth, I think, is maybe giving them the chance to win one 0 when it was 0 0 last season. That's more important than going from one 0 to five 0 I guess. But they've just got better players all round. Yeah. For as good as Rangers were on the day against Aberdeen, though, how poor were Aberdeen? Miles off it. I was very. Michael Stewart on sports on on sports scene talking about well Aberdeen looked fine defensively just and, and I'm, like, no. <laughs> yeah and I understand it was with the caveat of oh, they're getting their defensively I mean they're getting their defensively but that back four are any of that back four first choice that's that's a completely mm. brand new back four and and their Devlin's the only ones you really look at potentially saying he would be a, a definite first choice in there. I think I think the thing for them is that, that Joe Lewis was potentially their man of the match in a game that they got beat 5-0. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, doesn't say a lot for their defence or indeed anyone else on the no. park. It's, I just look through the team because, I mean, I, I know inevitably they're still going to finish third this season, but you look through the squad and you're like, nope, nope, nope. And then seeing like Curtis Main coming on at the end and you're like, Jesus, like what are you doing? Like how... It's like he's running an experiment to see how bad a group of players he can still qualify for <laughs> Europe with, um, which is what I think uh, Stuart McCall successfully did for Mullerwood yes. for several seasons. So. 
Oh no, the year we finished second still makes absolutely no sense. The second year we finished second remains the, the, the worst team to finish second in possibly the history of the SPFL era and probably for that as well. But yeah, like Lee, fine, vinyl like miles away from it. His reaction to giving away the was absolutely perfect. There was a case of like, I, I always enjoy players that when they give away a penalty try and like try and sell it off. I didn't touch him. There was nothing nothing to do with me. As soon as he touched him, you could see him just looking up going, ah, like, oh, come on, mate. <laughs> At least uh, play the game. At least try and make it look like you're not giving it away. Um, they really uh, just struggle. I, again, quite opposite to, to what, what Stuart was saying. They're just struggling from back to front. Mm-hmm. Lewis, as you say, is, for me, Lewis is uh, one of the best goalkeepers in the league without any, without any great question. But aside from that, it's been a while since Aberdeen have taken up such a doing from Rangers that looks like a, in a way that over the past few years Gort Ibrox hasn't had the fear factor for anybody that perhaps or anyone else in the league particularly for Aberdeen who have turned up on the day and scrapped fit, got in fights won games taking points won res- or had results there this one looked over before it started just that Aberdeen had nothing in there at all so yeah, not a not a great showing from there. Which was surprising, really, because I didn't ex- I didn't expect that result. Like, I I was shocked to see that it was five 0 especially listening to Derek McInnes after the League Cup game against Hearts. He was saying, you know, this is it. We'll pick ourselves up at the weekend. We've got. I mean, it couldn't have gone more wrong, really. <laughs> yeah, it's, in terms of picking yourself up, I'm not sure going to Ibrox is really what you want to do at that point. And you can like you say, if he's going to do that, that's. It's a big job to do, but if you're not getting if you're not getting yourself up for doing that, then why? Like, what's the what's the hotel? Mm-hmm. Like, how else? Uh, given that the the week before they beat a Livingston and were dreadful as well. Like, I, uh, again, much the same as the injuries. Don't anyone watch uh, Aberdeen versus Livingston from the other week either? Because that was absolutely dreadful as well. In a different way. So I thought you were talking about Rangers going to Livingston and being dreadful, which also happened. <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. No, no, Aberdeen going to Livingston. Don't watch that either. So, really, we're just giving warnings of things that are bad that you shouldn't watch this <laughs> But, I mean, it was like people would I think, did Joe actually say on the TV show the other night that um, if London Dykes had been playing for Livingston against Aberdeen, they might have beat them 4 or 5 0, yeah. even though they lost 2 0. Um, and so, there was there were those signs, as I say, that they just. They don't look like they've clicked together at all, and they were almost as bad at this point last season, and they did turn it round. But how often can you do that? I mean, it just becomes McInnes is very, very quickly losing goodwill. There's no real danger of him losing his job, I don't think, because he has just got a massive contract very recently. I think he's probably the best paid manager of all time outside of um, outside the Celtic and Rangers. Yeah. But I don't see there being any. Prospect of that, but the fans are starting to lose a bit of faith with him. I think, which mm-hmm. is, I mean, you that you do have a shelf life. I think, and when you're not winning things, at a club like Aberdeen who still want to win things, mm-hmm. it's um, yeah. Every every other year, you can argue there's been some kind of progression, and whether it's in Europe, whether it's in cups, whether it's winning games at Parkhead and and Ibrox, and this year you're struggling to spin it in any way positively mm-hmm. for them. And so we'll t- go from there to uh, the, fountain, the, co- the Fountain of Youth Stadium. Right. Yeah, got it right. I can't keep up with the name changes. That's what this week. Yeah. <laughs> the Fountain of Youth Stadium uh, in Hamilton as Aki's turned it round after going down uh, early on to a goal from Alan Lithgow with a equaliser from Blair Alston and a, a late winner from Ross Cunningham as well. So it's 
a bit odd that Brian uh, we, we've talked about a number of times that Brian Rice seems to sort of chop, change and suddenly seems to or maybe not suddenly but has grown into he's given Aki's a proper structure he knows exactly the personnel that he's going for he knows exactly the team that he's going for and as history will tell us he would have won this game anyway mm-hmm. because this game is always won by the home team um, whether between between uh, Aki's and Livingston it was what 2013 the last time that an away team won in this fixture but again He's found a structure. Aki's looking awful lot more solid. They look at the back five looks more predictable in a way that Aki's haven't looked at any point in the past two years. Mm. Yeah. yeah, the interesting thing in terms of racism, I was just recently listening to um, a rival podcast to this where um, a washed up League Two footballer um, interviews players, and he um, had, he did one with Phone Coil. And yeah. Owen Coyle was talking about when he was at Falkirk and was talking about, um, it's a really, it was a really good podcast, he was talking about his time at Falkirk and he got he didn't get the manager job with him and Hughes as a management team, but they were both still playing at the time. And he said that the crucial thing was that they brought in Brian Rice and that Rice really kind of was on the touchlines and kind of was a big player in the success that Falkirk had at that point. And I thought that was interesting because, I mean, I've always known Rice as a kind of number two. That's what he's kind of always been about doing. But it sounded like he was, you know, really influential in that team. So it suggests that he's maybe got that in him to be a manager and he's just not had the chance. Whereas you sometimes have these career the first job they get, uh, Tommy Craig springs to mind, the first job they get at Ian Catherine. falls into a disaster. Hamilton are... They're, they're probably an okay team this season. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, he didn't necessarily do anything huge in this game, but Stubbs just seems to play consistently every week, and I think they've not had a good centre-back. Um, even even last year, Kilgallen was maybe the best of their, their centre-halves, and even him, he, he was shaky. He was never what anyone really expected him to be as a guy with years of reasonable experience down south, never really was the, the sort of dominant centre half that you wanted it to be uh, in that scenario but yeah Stubbs looks really really good again uh, some Man fans possibly look away now as another player that you could potentially find at some point with, with, within uh, performing very well within within the Premiership as well um, but yeah to come and talking about Rice as well kind of one of the things I wanted to look at was um, he's now played one less game than Martin Canning did in his last season. So Canning played 23 games, Rice has played 22 now as, as Aki's manager. Canning was on a sterling uh, 0.61 points per game um, and Brian Rice is on 1.23. So Double. Yeah, in a, in a really sort of simplistic mm-hmm. way of looking at it, he's twice as good as Martin Canning was. Um, and as I say, the, the stability they seems to have found within the squad as well um, with Stubbs and the rest of the back line in there as well. And Brian Easton has a good bit of experience in there in a way that perhaps Brian Easton understands Hamilton Aki's and exactly what's expected of them more than Matthew Kilgallen ever did or as, a, as someone that's come into the club. Um, I think there's a really good balance within that in terms of youth and experience. And guys like Aaron McGowan, when he signed a, a, for a good chunk of last season, in a case of, I don't really fancy you very much, but he's now looking like a consistent player, he's looking like a big part of that squad as well. So, yeah, Aki's are, as you say, they look like... They sort of turned around steadily in terms of they now look like a very reasonable squad and a very reasonable team. I feel like Brian Rice though comes in for a lot more criticism than Martin Cannon ever did and I wonder why that is when you see a statistic like that where, you know, on paper he's had, you know, marginally more success. Yeah. 
Um, is that down to personality? Is that down to how fans perceive what you know? I've, I, I, again, I've absolutely no idea. I've, I found the the way in which Martin Canning. I, th- I always felt it was just like a, a lazy thing in terms of, oh, Martin Canning's doing a good job at Aggies. What else can you expect? Mm. And I think we said that at the time after after Canning got the bullet. Okay, so, well, what else you can expect is better than what you've got. That's, mm-hmm. that's, not, that's, not, that's why any football manager loses their job. Nobody loses their job because they think, do you know what, we'd quite like to regress. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brian Rice, kind of from the outset, whether it was losing games 5 nothing, it was always... <laughs> It sounds daft getting cuffed in a game, but got cuffed in a game that they went and tried to play in a mm. little bit more. There were games where they looked completely out of their depth, but by this point, as you say, 20 games into his career as Aki's manager, you would expect him to start sort of turning things around and making it more of a making more of an impact. And I think we're starting to see that now as well. And as you say, with the, the comments about him as well, it's, it's very interesting as well. Um, in saying that, Livy were missing two of their Sort of top performers in, in, in Dykes and Pittman through this game and still just about got a result. Yeah. Um, was this was this the second softest penalty of the weekend? It was it was very um, soft. I think I would like to see more penalties for incidents like this because I think keepers get away with a lot where they just come flying out and wipe people out. However, they didn't really wipe them no. out. He, 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 he maybe hit them, but it was uh, yeah, it was um, a strange. Decision, I would say, um, given that you don't normally get them. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it, <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, that was Gary Holt's 50, 50th game in charge as well of Livy. And I guess, I mean, what's your views on, on how well Gary Holt's done there in the job that he's doing? Is it just me that genuinely forgets that Kerry Miller was Livingston manager for a bit? Because every time, every time <laughs> I remember, it's like a real surprise to it. But the, the thing is, the character had a couple of um, podcasts recently, and I think he didn't do well. His results were fine as yeah. Livingston manager. Yeah. He got through the group stage of the League Cup. He um, lost narrowly to Celtic on the opening day. He drew at home to Kelly, but he was playing himself and spent most of the game at right back. And then... <laughs> Either they played in the League Cup or he immediately got the bullet after that. And so he, he didn't even do that badly. But no, Holt is a very funny one because they're, they're obviously they did well. They started the season absolutely brilliant last year. They flopped a wee bit and they flopped. They've, they've got worse a wee bit since then. But of course you're losing so many good players and they're still okay. Then from this game, they've still got the set-piece threat. They still lift goes still... They've lost the other two, but lift goes still there battering mm-hmm. headers and, and goals in. They are just starting to lose narrowly these games that they maybe yeah. weren't last season. That they kind of the grinding out. This 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 is the first one that you would look at and say Livy would be looking to win this. But as I say, the history of this fixture is really really odd. Like it's always the home team is always undefeated throughout. Whether or not they win it, it's very rare that they lose it. And um, the last time, as I said, the last time an away team won this fixture was twenty thirteen. And to put it in a bit of context. That was with a Stevie May hat-trick for Aki's. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy McNeil was playing for Levy, as was Tony Andrew, mm-hmm. alongside Cole Donaldson. Like, this feels like a different timeline. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it, it feels like a completely different... It's a, it's a timeline where you didn't get to see championship games, and yeah. now you do, so you kind of know what's going on there. But yeah. uh, yeah. there was an era where there was just these names that you just mm-hmm. no idea who they were. Bodies floating around. But yeah, I, it's, it's, it's difficult to do anything other than praise Gary Holt for what he's done um, at Livy in terms of, as you say, Miller was there, which was a big step and a, a big change for them. Did, as you say, fine. Then moved on to Gary Holt and seemed to go back to where they were, where they were uh, under Hawking. 
and now they seem to have evolved ever so slightly. I think we said last year, coming near the end of the season, they're going to have to change in what they do, and, and they have. They have. They've developed. They're still going forward. And every time I hear Holt speaking, every time I hear him talk about being manager, I'd run through walls for you as well. Yeah. I'd be quite happy to go and mm. go and play football think, for you. I think the players that played for him at Falkirk tended to be like that with him as well. Like um, there was a few, I think he kind of didn't get on with but they disappeared and then the ones he had obviously it was a, mainly a group of young boys that he had um, really liked playing under him so it's uh, um... yeah anyway so we will head to the capital for uh, Saturday's early kickoff, which saw Celtic again continue to be weird at Easter Road um, with a, an own goal for uh, Hibs via Chris Iyer and then uh, Christie in the 24th minute as well um, was Neil Lennon broken by Leith when he was there just gen- just in general, because every time I see Neil Lennon and Leith now, nothing seems to make a great amount of sense about this game. <laughs> well, he obviously, I mean, Celtic, I think they've only won once at Easter Road in the last four or five years. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I think it was, I'm sure I read that Brendan Rodgers never won a game at Easter Road, mm-hmm. which is considering yeah. the record they had. <laughs> quite, uh... Yeah, I mean, Neil Lennon's record against Celtic as Hibs manager was outstanding, uh-huh. you know, and it's kind of... It looks like it's it's not really changing. I mean, and that that even the game itself, though, there was an edginess about it. It just know? ever it would it would be easy to look at the result and say, oh, the Celtic have been a bit lackadaisical in terms of turning up at Easter Road and early kick off, and maybe not been right at it. But like you say, there was an edge throughout it, which mm-hmm. again just didn't really seem to make. I, I don't really understand where they come from. Hibs were like that on Wednesday night, so I don't know if it's you know Hicking Bottoms asked for a reaction from the um, the Derby defeat. Mm-hmm. To you know, tell the players to show the fans that they're still fighting mm. for them, blah blah blah, because they were they were very um, aggressive mm-hmm. and, and um, I'm say Kelly or, or like that anyway. And then Celtic, you don't see it much in their games because a lot of the time they they're cruising in mm-hmm. a game, but they definitely have that edge to them. The players, uh, Scott Brown and the team, of course, are going to. So it was yeah, very kind of. Um, I think I think it suited him though because I think that's. If you're going to get your best, if you are the poorer team, you're mm-hmm. going to get the best chance as they have been in, in both of the last two games. They've they've mm-hmm. kind of stepped up against superior opposition and they've um, made a scrap of it, and, yeah. and that's maybe they've, they've got two draws out of it. So fair play. To it, was, them. it was after the, the Hibs game or the the Kelly game in midweek. Uh, the goalkeeper Maxwell said he'd seen he'd seen a new Hibs, a sort of tougher Hibs, mm-hmm. and my immediate reaction was, "I very good." Maybe after almost trying to scrap with just about everyone on the entire pitch at some point on Saturday morning, maybe there might have been something in that as well. They're definitely. I mean, I listened to Lewis Stevenson after the derby saying that you know that's what the manager wanted to see was more fight that they were too soft, and they've definitely come out the blocks in terms of the Kelly game and and obviously against Celtic as well. And so I think they hit the nail on the head there in terms of what they're looking for from them. But on Saturday it was just and it and it spilled into the dugout and obviously you seen Paul Heckenbottom taking a swipe at a bottle and you know and then he was off up the stairs so it was a, it was a bizarre feeling around yeah. the thing. Neil Lennon mentioned it after the um, two weeks ago when he got booked or no the killer game last week when he got booked and the the, the addition of giving cards to managers is adding a real pantomime element to Scottish football I really like it. Um, and yeah, seeing Heckenbottom getting the, the my my dad, I was out, we were um, we were out for lunch before the killer game, and my dad pointed out that on his phone it had like you know the the list of bookings in the game, and then it has <laughs> a red card P Heckenbottom, and I'm like that's what we want to see. Um, yeah, he, he just he doesn't seem the most stable man in general. He, he seems to kind of get annoyed at a lot, and it was a strange one actually. The um, 
the Celtic leading up to the Celtic goal, which was probably what pissed him off. Everything, every decision that was made was correct. Yeah. Um, so there he wasn't. Just didn't like yeah, them. he didn't like. <laughs> I mean, the referee, the referee obviously missed the foul, mm-hmm. which was what started it all. Yeah. But then the Hibs players seemed to not realise it was a free kick, and yeah. it's criminal to switch off in that type of situation. It doesn't matter if it's a drop ball, we think it is, whatever it is. Get in position, mm-hmm. worry about it later. And they Win the ball, yeah. yeah. And yeah, so they just got completely caught out. And as I say, when you're playing a team like Celtic, they've just got the players that will punish you. They're very um, very good at that. And that's what happened. And, and uh, Hibs had been playing very well up until that moment. And had they been able to see it out a bit longer, a bit like, um, like Kelly last week, yeah, they yeah. got to half time. If Hibs had been able to keep going ahead they had half chances to maybe even make it two maybe we'd have seen a different game but then when Celtic score you expect them to go, to on, go on and, and win yeah. but Hibs had that just wee extra bit of steel that we talked mm. about in it and a, bit of, a fair bit of luck um, again on the on the, on the the various uh, decisions in the game should Villa have been booked? I think he should he, I think so because when Cham goes head to head with him it's a, he does retaliate he pushes back yeah it is a book. I mean, I'm I'm slightly bitter because he should have been sent off on Wednesday and he didn't. So um, it's a funny because in that it, it, to me it felt weird that they both get the same. Yeah, thing. No, I agree. Yeah. Because Vela's was half a yellow card and uh, Chams was one, one and a half, half yellow yeah. cards. <laughs> <and> <laughs> Vela, Vela gets like an old yeah. or Vela gets a, a, a if you could some, something just have a point you. system instead yeah. it would work better. I didn't think it was a red card for Cham. Yeah. I, I can see why people did because like an orange. His hand exactly <laughs> the, the referee and they used to talk about an orange card yeah. where it's mm-hmm. like and it's a hard one to decide. But yes, because his hand did make contact with um, Vela's face. But that wasn't his intention. It was like a, yeah, a shove, yeah. and it just—it was like it caught his chest and then slipped up the way, rather than him going yeah. at the feet. Yeah. I, I think uh, this is something that annoys me in general. It's the same with the two penalty decisions. Yes, they were penalty decisions, but they're the type of decisions that I wish people would stop moaning about and stop picking out because, in the moment, most people would not have necessarily went. Definitely, that yeah. must be a penalty. The two Celtic ones, it's players crossing the ball, getting wiped out, which. Happens all the time. It, it, it is a foul. It, it, not, yeah. it is a foul. But this is why we end up with VAR because people can't accept split second decisions mm-hmm. not being given. See if see if a Celtic player's going through and goal and gets hacked down yeah. and no mm-hmm. penalty gets given. That's when to get annoyed. Otherwise, you're just creating yeah. noise. Yeah. And it's that human element as yeah. well. It's like people can't react that quickly all the time. You know, referees. You know, they will have moments where they miss things and it is that split second decision. But going back to what you said about Encham as well though, even that, that edginess to see a guy as calm mm. and Olivier is a calm player and a calm guy and he lost the plot, which is very yeah. unusual. He seems very as you say although remember he got sent off against the Mirren in like fifteen minutes last season. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, I know what you mean, yeah, yeah. Apart from that time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe, as I say, maybe like we talked about him, maybe Lennon had them all fired. Mm-hmm. Sorry, uh, yeah, Lennon had them. Forget <laughs> Lennon had them all fired. Scott Allen being there, there's too many, too many yeah. common. Um, maybe Lennon had them fired uh-huh. up as well. Um, on the whole, I think Celtic, even though they got they drew, they'll probably be reasonably happy with their performance. I didn't think they were that bad. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. um, especially at the end, they were they were trying to knock the door down. What they missed, I thought, was a poacher. They brought by one. I've not, I've not seen much of him, but he actually looks all right. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
he doesn't look like a penalty box player. He looks like someone to run in behind and stuff like that, which is good. It's good to have. Edward, even, I don't think he's a, he's a good player. I don't think he's a poacher. He's, yeah. he's more of a classy player, but he's not He's not going to, you know, hang about the box and score tap-ins all no. the time. Maybe Griffiths is that player in the office. He's still being worked back towards... Maybe Celtic, much like Scotland, uh, as you'll find out on the Patreon, if you want to subscribe to it, should be looking at Warren Shanklin <laughs> as something that is, is in some way relevant yeah, to that. Yeah, get him. Yeah, get him. <laughs> Penalty spot. There he is. Because the ball will fall in the six-yard box and that's... But, but there, were, there were several occasions yeah. where the, the ball dropped in. Um, it wasn't even that Maxwell made... I can't remember him making amazing saves, but just... Celtic got into wide areas a lot they got crosses in a lot and, and they just couldn't turn that into a goal yep. and I think 9 times out of 10 they won that game 2-1 to be and honest also for me I think a player that's kind of going off the boil or gone off the boil a little bit that's an integral part and has been is Callum McGregor he's been quieter lately and but obviously Ryan Christie's stepping up yep. he's got his 11 goals so far and banging he's got assists left right and centre so it's interesting to see the, the dynamic in the team shift, I think, because you've got a player like Callum who was, like I say, an integral part and he's been kept quieter lately and I don't know, I don't fully understand why that is. My assumption would be because he's played more football than about four people combined. Um, yeah. and maybe somewhat knackered. Yeah. Um, and and uh, we've talked, we have talked yeah. about this in terms of because Brown plays far too much football for a guy, has mm. he? Yeah. And rotate your team a bit more, you've got good midfielders you don't need McGregor yeah. even if you're given even if it's like Callum are giving you two weeks out just go and go mm-hmm. on holiday yeah. like yeah. literally like um, because he, he he played 68 games last season or something silly like that yeah. and he basically never had a break because he played um, Scotland, games. Scotland he played Celtic from Champions League in July all the way through to Scotland in mid-May yeah mm-hmm. Scotland was still playing when we when the Women's World Cup had started, actually, weren't they? Yeah. So, that was June? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, he's literally <laughs> yeah, he's playing through the... And, and I think that does affect... Because he's a player I, I, I really like as a player, but I think... There comes a point where you... If you have that many bodies in central midfield, and particularly guys like Christie who are able to play in a, num- in a number of yeah. positions in there as well, or you can ask Brown to step out or step in or... Well, I, there, there, there are two. I think we've, we've certainly talked about four in terms of Brown and McGregor and possibly Forrest as well. Mm-hmm. Just play too much football, um, which is not. It, sound, it, it feels a very odd criticism to have a certain, but they don't need to play every single game. Celtic have the bodies to do that. If you, you saw Sinclair come back into the game in yeah. midweek as well. You don't need to play Sinclair. You don't need to play Forrest every game because you've got Scott Sinclair, who on his date is the best player in the division. Mm-hmm. So. Again, you've got a buoy quasi, I think, still sitting about, and it's like, I mean, okay, could, probably not very good, you? but could I bend you? He's still very well. Could be. You're playing Partick Thistle in midweek, maybe he, he's definitely good enough to play against mm-hmm. a team that's bottom of the championship, and, and he wasn't in that kind of, yeah, that's I yeah. think maybe what neither of the last two managers has really done enough of. Um, There's a gravitas about those, particularly that trio of players, though, in terms of what they've achieved, they do become undroppable especially the reaction that you would get from fans if you were to drop Brown, McGregor or Forrest. You know, there would be a bit of a backlash, I guess, as well. Um, but you can, you know, you, you aren't robots, do you yeah. know what I mean? Just rotate and you just say, look, he's not going to... It's easy to say, we've played too much football, we're mm-hmm. just making sure we're going the, the, alter- and... the alternative is you continue to do that and as you say, look a bit jaded or his legs just fall off. <laughs> <laughs> which I, again, which is, which is, I think, I think it's... 
generally people's fear about McGregor and things like guys that are as talented as they are and if you ask them they will play every single week yeah. as opposed to Mill the, the problem they have is they're, try to, they're trying to win everything they're yeah. in yeah. if you look at the English teams they don't care about the League Cup so that's where they rotate but Celtic yeah. will they've won three trebles in a row because yep. Callum McGregor's been playing in every League Cup game and they've not had the chance to slip up Mm-hmm. in a midweek game against Motherwell when they've got a half-strength team out because they haven't put the half-strength team out and so I guess there is that balance do you want to give up something something yeah, yeah. but interestingly they're always, they'll always they always rotate their goalie yeah. for, for example like the League Cup they will always yeah. bring Craig Gordon in or you know obviously it's Fraser Forster now so you know they're obviously not afraid to rotate but it's interesting for certain positions anyway we will move on to Persia as uh, Scotland centre half elect Declan Gallagher uh, led Motherwell to uh, a victory uh, against St Johnston which uh, also with a, a with Devante Cole making up for his missing the season contender uh, by finishing from a header or finishing from a, a Gallagher knockdown and uh, then we also saw the softest penalty of the weekend uh, that, where did that come from? No idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll start with uh, we'll start with Devante Cole's miss because it seemed like almost an exact replica of the Canoe one for West Brom. Yeah. The cross came in from the same side, from probably literally the same area. He's standing in the same spot at the back post. He puts it over the bar just as well, and it, it, sometimes a miss defies. Yeah. Again, it's, it's, along, it's, it's along the yeah. lines of the, that never alone one again. Because everyone, I was in that end of, of Hampton, everyone saw it go in. Still believe it went in, didn't it go in? <laughs> in my head, still goes straight in, didn't it? It's, but again, uh, the, the call is, is just bizarre. Maybe too much of the cross, maybe a bit of a bobble, but it just takes his eye off, I think. It just pings it all the We, again, I, I very much assumed it had gone in because for all the world it looked like it had gone in until you realise that he's sitting with his head in his hands. It takes a special talent sometimes when you see it and you just think, that is harder to miss, definitely. You had the entirety of the goal to aim at (laughs) and managed to miss every single bit of it. Um, He did, however, I say, make it up, um, getting on the end of a a Declan Gallagher knockdown from a corner. St Johnston had a a couple of warnings um, previously with with set pieces from Declan Gallagher, not those kind of warnings, um, and then managed to... uh, Cole got on the end of one of the knockdown and knocked it in. Ralston completely sleeping um, and couldn't feel to track Cole at all. Um, it was a bunt from Declan Gallagher. A bunt, he bunted it into his path. You could say that, yes. Um, that leaves Motherwell as the only team outside the old with a positive goal difference, so fair, fair play well, We are really back in 2002. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and St Johnston are rubbish. Um, they are dreadful. Really, really poor. Um, similar to when we played Hearts, Motherwell isolated uh, Liam Gordon in the same way that we isolated Christoph Berra and just gave him the ball because they're quite comfortable to give him the ball because then he's just going to hump up the park and then also will have some collected from there. Um, the number of headers that Gallagher, Gallagher and Hartley won against May or Kennedy or Wright or any of the St Johnston attacking collection that they've got at the moment just ate them up all day long. Um, my main takeaway from St Johnston as well is that I truly, truly do adore Murray Davidson and to this day remain terribly upset that Livy's dodgy Italian owner turned up at McDonald's Broxton and asked for money in a suitcase for Dave McKay and Murray Davidson rather than coming to First Park and doing it because 
the idea of having Dave McKay and Murray Davidson for the 10 years at St John's now. 25 grand, wasn't it? 45, 45 grand. Yeah, he was. Ex- uh, the, the story is, of course, that he was expecting it in a suitcase at Brewer. How, how, how would you fit 45 grand in a suitcase? Oh, easy. I've never had forty five grand. It's, it's one of those. It's one of those cinema things where you assume that money, like hundred pound notes, yeah, that you're fine. What if it was one pound notes though? That would fill presumably several carrier bags, <laughs> but it would take forever to count as well. Just like sitting, like, like sitting I've spent a lot of time sitting at McDonald's, Broxton, just counting through pound notes. You'd that. be easier to fit money Davidson in a bag and just kidnap him, take him to the bag. <laughs> No. It's going to be a re- well. I mean, that would work because it would be the same size a bag for one pound notes of forty five thousand pounds as you would need to get more. So you could like do a swap, like try yeah, and yeah. transfer one and yeah, like, like one of those puzzles with the uh, jugs of water and how do you get from how do you yeah, get like the balance one. from one? Was, you, you've got another way. I was going for like a, a North and South Korea prison transfer um, of, of just each of them walking across a bridge. Uh, and one of them carrying money and just dropping it in the middle so yeah it would be, be very good so Johnston positives for them is Dre Wright is back and in the sort of fleeting moments that Dre Wright got on the ball he was probably the best player on the park he was kind of as good as St Johnston got he is he just popped up everywhere has so much pace has so much ability on the ball if he can get fit and running within the team he's probably their best chance going forward but fundamentally, they just don't have a good defence at all. Uh, Xander Clark seems to have regressed um, pretty badly over the past sort of six months. Um, I think Jason Kerr and Liam Gordon will get there. I think they will be very good centre-halves. My fear is that they'll be very good centre-halves in St Johnston's Championship winning side next year. Scott has like, can he defend and yeah. can't hit penalties either anymore? I thought so. it was an alright penalty. It was a good save, uh, I thought. But uh, I mean, I'm I'm comparing it to the penalties that I've watched in the last few days. More on that shortly. Um, and Anthony Ralston, I've never been particularly convinced with. And I don't... He doesn't... Ralston, for me, switches off far too easily. He's, he's going to go from squaring up to Neymar to squaring up to... Bobby Devante Lynn. Cole to Bobby Lynn to some guy that you meet down the pub. Uh, yeah, because he, he's. Yeah. I'm not convinced he has the. I'm not convinced he. He's. I'm not convinced he wants to be at Perth. His game on Saturday, I didn't give the. I didn't get the impression that he was committed to the cause of keeping St Johnston in the team. There was a number of times, a few times during the game, he sort of switched off mm. um, throughout it as well, and I don't know whether he fancies it. So. Interesting. As I say, just they, they can't. Their defenders aren't doing what they need them to do at the moment. Which is, if they could, they could have ground out a result if they'd been a little bit sharper. But yeah. Do you, sorry. sorry, I was going to say, do you see Tommy Wright getting the sack this season? No. No. Predominantly, just because it's St Johnston. I, I think I do. I think that I think they're in trouble. Um, I think they will be in trouble. Um, the the run of fixtures are coming up. Are county away. Who are unbeaten at th- beaten in the last three games and are very good at home. St. Mirren away, who don't concede goals. Um, Hamilton, who, as I said, look okay. And then Hearts, they're also 15 away games without a victory, which is their worst run since 1993, which saw them reach 19 games without, away without a victory. I, I do, I, I think they, they might got, be, They got relegated in. I think that's right. I think, yeah. I think that's right. Yeah, I, I think that I think they're in trouble um, because at this point we're all, we're, we're reaching a full cycle um, by the time we play Hearts. Um, they need to pick up points in the next few games. They need they need they, they need to go to Ross County and get a result, which I'm not totally convinced they will. They desperately need a result 
to against St Mirren so they need to break that away who do they've got at the moment I, for me it's watching them it's like how do you get Stevie May a goal yeah it, it's one of these I, I do this with players all the time but I really want him to do well and I still think he has it in him you yeah. watch him all his movements still there and it, it saddens me watching him because yeah. I'm like I know what you can do it was a bit like watching Chris Boyd last season I'm like okay you're not doing this but you know what I think if you get the right um, the right stuff but he, he, he had a couple of okay chances and stuff and it's just it, it really it really pains me watching yeah. him I, I, I loved Stevie May in his first time at St Johnston him winning the cup it was great fun for him but it's just I, 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 the thing is I just don't know how he turns it around I don't know what it is that he needs I think he's just missing the, the half yard of pace that he'll never get back which was a big part of his game I don't think he'll get, I don't think he can get that back I don't think he's physical enough to become a different sort of centre forward like he, he, he buzzes around a lot like he did at Aberdeen he did that again on Saturday but I don't know if he's physically big enough in order to become a facilitator um, I, I, don't, I don't know what the I don't know how he fixes that. And but there was a spark about that team, though, that won the cup that just isn't there. You know that sort of inexplicable thing yeah. where a group of players just gel yeah. and there's just a real feel good about it. It's just not there. What There was a, a, a bit of a rumble in the transfer window, and again, it might have just been nonsense rumours, but the idea that Stephen McLean might go back to St Johnston, I would say that's exactly the sort of player that they need. And that they have Murray Davidson, who I say with the greatest respect, is a big shit in midfield. They need somebody to lead the line, and May isn't enough of a ship to lead the line. Chris Kane isn't enough of a ship to lead the line. Guaranteed them a goal on Saturday. Yeah, nailed on. Uh, but they they just need somebody willing to shout and scream at each other mm. um, from the front line. For me, as well as that, they seem to Tommy Rich seem to go all in on the Estonian laddie Veeman, who played once, I think maybe twice. Looked humpty and hasn't been seen since. So. Again, they need more, they need experience in the defence. Stephen Anderson wasn't it because his legs are not to that level anymore, and they need experience up front. It's a young team, and they need they, they could use they could use experience. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we'll move on to uh, the first of our two uh, blanks from the weekend. Uh, thank you, Osmond So. <sighs> <sighs> Osman So had an excellent first half in this game. It surprised me. I, I mean, most of Osman So's Hearts career was um, in the Championship, and then I, I wasn't in Scotland. I was in Australia at the time when, when he was kind of playing in the top flight, and I had no real memory of what he was like as a player, except that I knew he wasn't a target man and it was someone you wanted to give the ball to. And so I was confused when people kept saying, oh, you know, get the crosses into him and stuff. I was like, that's not what I think he is. And then he showed that on on Saturday because he was getting the ball into feet, back to goal, front to goal, spreading it wide, doing all the stuff you want, counter attacks coming from him. There were so many good passes. And I'm like, this is the type of centre-forward I really love. We had Paul Heffernan who, in that cup-winning team, was exactly like that. And, and he was one of my favourite players in that team because of how he played back to goal. And he, and he was able to score goals. What Paul Heffernan did not do was um, pass back penalties to the goalkeeper so that they could literally walk across and throw their hat on it. Like I, As I said, we've missed four penalties in a week and they have got progressively worse. <laughs> Started with Alan Power at Parkhead. Um, not a terrible penalty, not a good penalty. Either yeah. it was well saved. Then O'Donnell was just an inch off. He hit the post. Yeah. Then Hamelainen hit a weak one that, that ultimately gave Hibs the win. And then finally, 
so smart. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> All you need to do with a penalty is put your foot through it. Smash it. If you miss smashing it and it hits the bar or whatever, fine. You can't miss a penalty like that. You can't under hit a penalty. Why is, why is Alex Bruce not just running up and battering <laughs> the hell really? out of it? Because up to it like a freight train. He feels like a guy that should be hitting penalties. Um, <laughs> yeah, just it was, it was very annoying because... Yet again, it's the, th- the second time in a week that we've drawn nil nil, and I've come away from the game thinking, do you know what? We've got something there. They org- the every single player. And I was trying to I was trying to articulate this. Well, every single player is exceptionally good on the ball, exceptionally good at getting shape, getting finding themselves space, playing the short passes, playing the right passes. But we're not creating as many chances as we would like to, but. We did create chances. It's not like we're not creating any chances. It's not like we're not trying to create yeah, yeah. chances. It's just, it just doesn't seem to be. It's like it's like you're you're building a car and you've got all the parts in the right place, but you turn the key in the engine and it's not starting. Yeah. You're just trying to like you know it's going to be. You're going to go. I I should have used the computer programming, which is what I actually do in my job instead of building cars, <laughs> which I have no idea about. It's like you're just going to go under the car and you're going to have forgotten to turn one yeah, tiny yeah. screw in place, and then you're going to go and it's going to like uh, rev so you've, up you've, amazingly. You've missed, you've misspelled something. In yeah, the code. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that's I, I would be much better. That I've used a capital letter instead of lowercase. That yeah. I understand, um, but it's uh, yeah. So it's a really frustrating team to watch because they're very likable as a team, but just missing a wee spark. Yeah. So gave us that in the first half, but the chances we did create, Ross Laidlaw. Um, who is quickly becoming the, the new Chris Kane of this podcast yep. uh, was exceptional. Um, he had a very good game, so it, it was a it was a very funny game. Like Ross, I genuinely first fifteen minutes the way Ross County were playing thought they were going to blow us off the park. They were so good. Their football was so good. Um, passing, movement, guarding at the centre of absolutely everything. I'm thinking, oh, we we're in trouble here. Um, but then whether we changed something, we did. We kind of switched the wingers and we did various things. Or whether they just, you know, that was what they yeah, had, and, they then they, and then they hit a brick wall of our defence, which it is, and didn't know where to go. Whatever that was, it stopped, and from that point, I mean, Kelly controlled the game. They didn't dominate the game; they controlled it, and it, 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 so scores that goal. I'm pretty sure we win one now or two now. Yeah. Um, is, I mean, is that where Kamara going to be this I season? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've six clean sheets in the last seven. Celtic are the only team that's, that's scored yeah. against us, and. And most of those clean sheets, the other team hasn't even looked like scoring. And I kept talking about Brunescu and bother. I'm not sure how good a goalkeeper is. I'm really not still sure how good a goalkeeper <laughs> is. <laughs> he's 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 um, the the three centre backs that have been rotated about fin- Finlay, Del Fabro, and Bruce just all look superb for this level. Yeah. Mm. And when you have that, fine. Yeah. But, but what we don't have is a superb centre forward. Yeah. Or a superb creative midfielder. We've got three very good. Defensive yeah. minded solid midfielders, but everything, every attack that we have is is much more about mechanical football than it is about um, flair. And I mean that was the same under Clark. But the problem is you've got that mechanical football. You you see the pass, you know where it's going. They all know how to play it, but then it gets to the the wide area. So those passes building up are fine. Then you get to the wide area, and, and no, you have to yeah. do something good. You can't just get away with oh, I just. Wobble the ball into yeah. that area. There has to be a bit of flaring ability about it, and that's maybe what we're still missing. Um, 
Chris, Chris Burke gives you a little bit of that, but he was um, he, he, he didn't come on at all, did he? Um, he was on the bench and probably because he, he was knackered from Wednesday night. Could have done with him a little bit. Thomas comes on and just gives you a wee bit extra. I know you, you'll not like that, but he's been very good so far at coming off the bench and stuff. But it's just a really frustrating watch. That monologue's probably enough, yep. actually. <laughs> and uh, speaking of frustrated watches, that takes us to our final match, which is uh, St Mirren nil, Hearts nil, which saw grass pitches claim yet another victim in Craig Halkett. Um, at which point is Scottish football going to wake up to the dangers of grass football pitches? It's awful that that's the main story that's come out of that. Is another yeah. injury for Hearts, yeah. um, like Demur as well. Yeah. I mean, Hearts were thin on the ground anyway, so Halkett's a huge blow after as well scoring for them in the that amazing. Yeah. Uh, injury time goal against Aberdeen so it's a, a huge blow for them but obviously a, a vital point for both sides but shite pitch it's, uh, it's the, the most in, the most important thing to come out of this is that Hearts have a, a squad of roughly about 45,000 so they'll probably be fine <laughs> I just love the fact they started with a back three one of which was a centre half and then the one who actually was a centre half was the one that got injured but then they did have their centre half on the bench so they could bring in another set of And it's like, <laughs> what what do you do with them? It's like, there, there, there has to be some, it has to be somewhere in between. They, no matter how badly you train and condition your players, they do not get injured that often. Yeah. And also, no matter how unlucky you are, you can't just be that unlucky. Yeah, no one, no one is that, no one can be that consistently unlucky over the peak. What is just about a year now, because we're coming up to the Betfred Cup semi-finals again and that was when Hearts lost Naismith and then they lost Suter and they lost Uchi and they lost a whole pile of player after player after player all for three months mm-hmm. so everyone lo- losing so many players to injury over the course for three months at a time again as much as, as much as I enjoy making a bit about how I'm really disappointed to see Halkett drop out of the team as well for what looks like a well lengthy period of time because I think he's absolutely magic um, so yeah, again, apologies. But I, I, I've, I've run out of nothing. Been, Andrew had the goal disallowed. That that was a thing that happened. Yeah, the goal which was uncontroversial. Abs- absolutely, the correct decision is he was definitely offside. There we go. Can Good. one of us pretend we thought it wasn't offside just to space nah, it up? I'm not going to do it. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for joining us, Joe. You're welcome. Thank you very much for joining us, Craig. You are very welcome. Um, Craig and I uh, actually recorded the Patreon earlier. Um, as I said during the main show, we discussed whether or not Lauren Shanklin should be called up for the Scotland squad, but each of us took a position and tried to argue it. You can decide however you think that will I, w- I would also like you to send us in some suggestions for what else we can debate about, because as, um, yeah. as you will discover, I will happily argue any side yeah. of anything you want me to. There, 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 um, are, there are very few things that I would... Uh, there's very few, few hills I would die on so I'm quite happy to just argue the toss because it's good fun so anything you would like us to argue about please do let us know we will continue to argue about things um, as always as I say that you can listen to that at, terrace, at patreon.com slash terrace podcast uh, we'll be back on Thursday with another show from Edinburgh and the TV show that's inspired by this podcast will again be on BBC Scotland on 10.30 on Friday so do please tune into that and make fun of everybody's clothes. Uh, (laughs) Have a good day. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.